0: The following message is from King's Cross Church in Manchester, New Hampshire. For more information, please visit us at kingscrossmanchester.com. Good morning, everybody. Uh, we are, as uh, Peter said, uh, continuing our series in the book of Luke. There we go. Uh, today we're going to look uh, at verses 43 and, uh, through 49 in Luke chapter 6. I'm gonna read uh, the passage for us, uh, then we're gonna pray for us. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does... not do them is like the man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruins of the house was great. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to read your word. I thank you, Lord, for the truth that you speak to us. I just pray that you will uh, calm our nerves from the week, help us to be able to focus on what you have here to. To say to us today it says these things in thy name amen now having a good uh, foundation is important in everything we do in life whether it's our finances relationships or if you decide to build a skyscraper a foundation is very important Uh, because without them um, things are most likely not going to go right we have a higher potential of failure Have you ever seen uh, some of the old black and white videos of the bridges that are like going up and down, like the wind's really blowing? Pretty scary stuff. And if you haven't, I I don't really recommend that you look them up because you might not want to go on a bridge again. But structures are easy ways to show the importance of what a foundation is designed for. And that's that's why Jesus uses these uh, as illustrations in our passage today. We're going to see him use a tree and the building of a house to illustrate the importance of having a good foundation in our relationships with each other and our relationship with him. I feel like when it comes to relationships, people often don't think about a foundation. And that's often why they uh, end up in failure. If you take time to think about a failed relationship, often you will see cracks and faults in the foundation. For example, maybe one of the person had experienced some sort of trauma uh, growing up, and they still haven't been able to work through that. And that bleeds into how they're able to interact with others. Maybe the relationship wasn't formed for the right reason, for healthy reasons. Or maybe one or both people grew up in a family that didn't really exhibit what a good relationship looks like, and they just don't really know how to interact with each other. No matter what the cause of a relationship failure. and most likely comes uh, from an unfirm foundation. Now relationship is very important to the heart of God. We have seen that as we've looked through the book of Luke, and, and we'll continue to see that as we carry on. In this passage, Jesus is earing in on what it means to have a solid godly foundation for a relationship with him and with others. The main point we're going to see today in this passage is that doing God's word is the best foundation for solid relationships. The first thing we're gonna look at is the importance of a good foundation. Since foundations are important, let's start out by looking at the background of the passage that we're looking at. The story starts back in verse 12 where we see Jesus on a mound with his disciples. Uh, And out of these disciples that are there, he calls 12 apostles. These are his authorized representatives. He then comes down uh, from the mountain, and there's a multitude of people from the area, and also a group of his disciples. But out of all the people that are there, um, we see in verse 20 that he is targeting uh, the following sermon to these disciples that are here. Now, if we want to translate that today, um, the sermon today, Um, Jesus is speaking to anyone who claims to be a Christian, someone who follows Christ. So we see Jesus lay a framework of what the true follower of himself looks like. He starts out by contrasting people who that suffer now for the glory of heaven to those who live for themselves now on earth, Uh, but that's the only reward that they get. He then continues his discourse by expounding on what it means to love your neighbor. Here, Jesus really sets the bar of what it means to truly love God and love others, and what that looks like. Finally, he illustrates what forgiveness and correction should look like in God's kingdom. And in the middle, he subtly calls out the religious leaders of that time for not being good examples of that, and also is putting himself out there as the one that these people should be following. This leads us to the passage that we're looking at today, which is the conclusion of Jesus' discourse. He said, with a follower, he said what a follower looks like, and now he's going to drive home his point. What is the foundation on which being his disciple is built? So I'm going to read the verse 43 and 45 again for us. Um, the passages are back here uh, behind me on the screen. There are going to be a few that um, aren't up here, which I'll read for you. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasures produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. This is the first illustration that Jesus used. Jesus compares a person to a tree. The tree represents the person's foundation. If a person has a fig tree as a foundation, then they're going to produce figs. Now, if you haven't had a fig, um, I can guarantee that they are good. Um, If you haven't eaten a fig newton, then you don't know, but I suggest you go out and buy one. In contrast, we see thorn bushes uh, as an evil person's foundation. Thorn bushes produce thorns, of course, and nobody really likes thorns that I know of anyway. You don't get figs from a thorn bush, nor do you get thorns from a fig tree. Just in case this illustration wasn't clear enough, in verse 45, Jesus explains what he's saying. If a person has a good foundation, they're going to produce good fruit, and if they have a bad foundation, they're going to produce bad fruit. The evidence of a person's foundation comes out in what they say and do. Now before digging into what the foundation is, let's flush out what good fruit looks like. In the book of Galatians 5:22. Uh, now how do we store up good treasure in our hearts so that we can produce good fruit? A good place to start is in the sermon that we've uh, been studying here in Luke. For example, we can meditate on the different ways Jesus says we should love our neighbor as ourselves. We can think about them in, uh, in the context of our relationships with other people and how we can apply them to that. Also, if we have a good sense of the grace and mercy that Jesus has extended to us, then we're more likely to have the same grace on other people. I feel if I spend the time to think about situations where um, I might have done wrong to somebody or they've done wrong to to me, I'm more likely to respond with someone with grace um, as opposed to judgment. These are only a couple examples, but there are countless more if you spend time reading God's word and meditating on what it says and thinking about it and how it applies to your life. However, if we choose to only focus on ourselves and how things affect us, then when we interact with others, we give them our thorns of judgment and uncare. Therefore, it is imperative that we ground ourselves in the words of Christ so that we produce good fruit. Now, if you take this illustration verbatim, it could leave you in a place of despair. Effectively, it states that if a fig tree, a fig tree only produces figs, it doesn't produce thorns. However, what Jesus is speaking here is a parable to express in principle. It's not a black and white um, thing as you may be reading it to be. You see, we live in a fallen world where we're all sinners. Sometimes we may have a good foundation, but say things that are unkind, demeaning, or gossiping. Does that mean at the core we are actually evil at heart? I can say that I've been convicted as I've been uh, working through this passage. Uh, back in January, we had a national convention for work. And, um, and at that convention, there's generally a lot of alcohol. And with alcohol, people make bad mistakes. And people lose their jobs. So often, there's a lot of gossip going around about what happened and different things. Uh, and this year, I, I found myself uh, caught up in that. I felt really convicted by that and what uh, the words I said and how that impacted people or could have been perceived. But does this mean that I'm not a Christian, that I only do evil in my, that I only have evil in my heart? I don't feel like that was, that's what Jesus is trying to say here. As the one who knows everything we do, he would be saying that there could never be a true believer because we all, we all fail. Paul, an apostle of Jesus, in the book of Romans, explains how the seeming contradiction of what the passage says we should be, and what, the, what we witness in ourselves and our church. So I'm going to read uh, Romans 7:14 through25. It could be a little bit of a tongue twister, so please bear with me. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who delivers me from this body and death? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to the God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Now, do you ever have internal debates like Paul was having here? Um, I can say for myself, uh, in the morning, sometimes trying to get out of bed and going to run, I, I debate quite frequently <laughs> to try to get a reason of whether I should or should not get out of bed. But uh, for Paul, Paul did many great things for the gospel, as we've seen through the Bible, but he fought with sin just like you and I. That's why it's so important for us to have a good foundation so that more often than not, when we speak, it will come out of the good treasure in our heart and not from our sinful nature. Now, one common word repeated in this passage is the law of God. We see Paul say, this, say that even he delights in the law of God. This leads us into our next point, and that is what is the composition of a good foundation? We're seeing that in verses 46 uh, to 49. Jesus follows the illustration about the tree, and fruit with illustration about the two builders. So let's hear that story. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. (coughs) Sorry, lost my place. And when a flood rose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately fell, and the ruin of the house was great. The first thing we notice here is that Jesus is calling out some of his disciples that call him Lord, but they don't do what he says. In Joel Green's commentary on this passage, he says, in this instance, Lord is a term of great respect. Those who use it would thus be designated Jesus as their patron, the one whom they owe allegiance. Therefore, some of the disciples, therefore, some of these disciples are saying that they are subject to Jesus. He's their man. This is the person that we relate to. We want to follow this person. But then they go about and not do what he tells them to do. Now, if you say you believe someone, and then you turn around and don't do what they say, or sorry, you turn around and do completely the opposite, it shows that you didn't actually believe them. What Jesus is doing here is what John the Baptist spoke of Jesus in Matthew three twelve. He says, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. but the chafe, he will burn with unquenchable fire. He's speaking metaphorically here, but basically he means that Jesus is separating those who are his true followers from those who just claim to be his followers. Now, after calling out these people, Jesus then lays what it means to be his follower, to truly mean it when, he call, when you call him Lord. He does it by likening uh, to a builder, house builder. There are two things I want to highlight about the first builder here. First of all, the builder digs deep and lays a foundation. Digging and laying are verbs, which are action words for you English people. Uh, Just hearing his word is not enough. You must put it in action. It's like reading a book on jujitsu. When you're finished, you might know a lot about it. But until you actually put it into action, you don't really actually know it. That being said, it's still important to store up the good treasure in your heart because you need that foundation. This takes time, focus, and work, just like laying a foundation. You can't sit down and read through the whole book of Luke and the next day expect to be able to live it out perfectly. Just think of the inner struggle that we saw in Paul. This man was an apostle that God worked through to write multiple books in the Bible. He's 100% more like Christ than I am or a hundred times more, yet he struggled to do what he knew was right. Now, that gives me encouragement when I repeatedly fail to know that Paul had the same struggle as I did. Now James, Jesus' half-brother, picks up on the theme of not just hearing but also doing in James one through 22-25. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his own, his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. He takes us a step further in chapter 2, to say that faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead. That is the essence of what Jesus is getting at here. If you truly believe in what Jesus says and you have a relationship with him, you're going to act on it, and in doing so, you're going to produce good fruit. The second thing we see here is the foundation being built is on the rock, and the rock symbolizes Jesus' words. Jesus' words that we read in the gospel, as well as God's, overall word in the bible is the foundation for our foundation this is to be the tree that our good fruit is to come out of now since the foundation is so important to our lives i want to dig into this idea a little further now thinking back in the passage of romans paul stated that he delights in the law of god also if you read in the book of psalms um, this is a common theme in delighting in god's word What is delightful about rules? Who likes rules? There obviously are some people out there, but for majority, we prefer to live free or die, right? Um, Now, there are two foundational aspects about God's words and laws to help answer this question. First of all, God's words speak of the foundational way he created us to be. God designed us to be like him in relationships. A lot of the Old Testament spoke on how people should relate to each other just as Jesus has here. And when we say, when we do what he says in our relationships, they just feel naturally right. Relationships tend to flourish because they're functioning the way that God has made them to. That's not to say there won't be struggles and there won't be arguments, but if we work through those struggles in the way that God commands us to, our relationships will generally work. It means that we love others even when it's hard to love them. It means that we don't judge them, but we forgive them. Secondly, the foundation—the foundational reason the law was created was to allow us to have a relationship with God. God is holy, so his standard is pretty high, to say the least. The laws were created so that we have a way... To dwell God, dwell with God in the midst of our sinfulness. I feel like it's that's where the Pharisees went astray. They only focus on the law and ensuring that they did it to the T, but they didn't focus on the real reason of the law was designed, and that's for relationship—relationship relationship with God and relationship with others. It is for these two foundational reasons that Jesus came to Earth and died on the cross. He took the punishment for our sin so that we can have eternal relationship with him. He also declared us righteous so that we can live out God's words freely, not because we have to, but because we want to. We have been free to live the way God has created us to be. Now, we still struggle with sin, obviously, but we are now one step closer to the way we are actually made to be, which will come to fruition when we get to heaven. So now, when we love our neighbor and show his mercy, we're not doing it to check off a box. We're doing it because we love Jesus, and that love then flows out into our relationships. Ultimately, that's what the foundation of our faith is built on. Jesus makes this clear in Matthew 22, 34 to 40. He says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all. Lo- oh, sorry. Um, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets, or that's the foundation for all the law and the prophets. So in conclusion today, let's look at the goal of this good foundation. I'm going to read verse 48 for us again. And then we're going to dig in here. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. The goal of a good foundation is to withstand the storms of life so that our faith perseveres to the end. Jesus knew things were going to get tough for his disciples, for his followers. If they didn't have the foundation of his word and were doing it, they were bound to fail and they were going to fall hard. Jesus spoke of these people with no foundation in Matthew 13 in the parable of the sower. He says, As for what is sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. The same truth applies to us. If our foundation isn't in God's word and knowledge and practice, our faith is going to fail. There's a song playing frequently on the radio right now uh, by Blessing Offer that expresses this truth. Um, the lyrics go like this. As we all know, I, I can't sing, so I'm not going to sing. No. I, re- I can give you the link if you want. You can actually listen to it. So... So nothing's ever going wrong, right? And every day I'm going to be smiling. Turn my water into good wine and let the good times roll. But what if you know something I don't? What if you will something I won't? If you don't give me what I want, but you give me what I need, is that enough to believe? Believe, believe in your love? Will I still believe, believe, believe in your love? Do I want you? Do I want you? Do I want you or what you can do for me? Do I love you? Do I love you? Do I love you for what you can do for me? Sometimes I don't know, but all I want to do is believe. This song asks the question, if my life is not going according to the way, God, or the way I planned it, will I still believe in God? And maybe you found yourself in the same debate. If God loves me, how could he let this or that happen to me? The foundation that Jesus laid out for us in this passage helps us to be able to respond to this question in the affirmative. If we are grounded in God's truth and we're living it out, then we can have a strong relationship with him and nothing we experience will be able to destroy it. That's not to say we're not going to have doubts and failures, but we'll be strong enough to weather them. Ephesians, in Ephesians, Paul writes, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. That's Jesus' prayer for us, that we build our foundation on him so that we can stand firm in our faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, that we have you as our foundation, that we don't have to live our life in our own way, Lord, but we can live our life the way you designed us to be and that it can flourish. I just pray that we will uh, remember your word when we uh, go out today and we will meditate on your word throughout this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from King's Cross Church in Manchester, New Hampshire.